Welcome to the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. We are a mother-daughter duo specializing in astrology and feng shui. Join us weekly to learn astrology and feng shui, and of course, to hear stories from our hands-on experience in the industry. You won't want to miss this. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good morning, Kate. I hope you're well. Good morning. I did. I am. I had a busy, busy week. So lots of accomplishments this week. I almost forgot the intro. I think I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Yeah. The last week was that Jupiter sun alignment. So I certainly had a nice uh, last Thursday. Oh, what, what happened with you? The, I mean, I have the most beautiful front door now. Oh, you, do you? You will not believe it. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it I on mean, Sunday. The, this door looks like it was double the cost of the other door. And this really? door was $1,000 less than the ugly door. Oh, wow. I, mean, I didn't realize that that got done. Yeah, I got scheduled for Thursday, the, the you know, right there on the 13th when that Jupiter sun alignment was going on. Oh, maybe I'll just have to drive by to come see it. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Anyhow, it, it, it's, it was a positive experience. I mean, could that, could I pick a few things apart? I hope I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to go down that path. It's a beautiful front door. Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm happy. Nice. Yeah. I've spoke um, this past week at the Rosewood Miramar Ooh. in Montecito. I did a feng shui lecture for their sales team. Fabulous. So that was, um, I'm embarrassed because I didn't know a lot about the resort until I was there. And then, you know, I just shared it with a few people that I was there and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like, so I had to research a little bit, but it was a beautiful property and beautiful view of the water. Well, I have I have no idea, but it just sounds ritzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is a Forbes five-star property, which, okay. you know, that's very coveted. And yeah. I also am now officially, I have my book. You can book with me online. Oh, wow. You're <laughs> moving along here. Which that seems so basic, but, you know, I think it's interesting, like, you know, if anyone is in a position where they work within a family business, right. you know, you kind of just this is how my mom did it or, you know, right. and so yeah. this is how you do it. Right. And right. I always watched you manually book right. um, all of your appointments. And so right. that's what I had been doing. And, you know, I just got, was getting so much feedback, like just streamline this. Like, what are you doing? You know so. what? I'm, I'm proud of you for doing it. I thought, oh, it's too late now. Don't, you know, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe I can learn, you know, maybe you can show me a trick or two. I've got a few other issues I need you to look at. Okay. <laughs> Needless to say, but congratulations. That's huge. That That just relieved you of a lot of just secretarial work, for lack of a better word. I think there'll be some transition just with people who normally just send me an email or shoot me a text. Yeah. Um, But hopefully in six months to a year from now, it'll be. Right. That's right. Very mainstream. Listen, I go back. I used to do, you know, cassette tapes. You know, I used to carry my cassette recorder and record on site and then pop the whole thing out, leave it with them. Then I went to CDs yeah. Then I couldn't pop it out. I had to go home and, you know, upload it and send it back or, burn, you know, uh, and then send it over, you know, burn a CD and send to send it back to them. 
that was a big thing. And then taking people from CDs to digital, that was the biggest <laughs> monument of all of them to get through. And I still have a handful of people that, you know, need CDs and uh, I've uh, now given them jump drives. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But anyway, it's really diminished. It's really diminished. And people have made this huge step in technology. So I, I totally understand. And sometimes it takes a couple of years to get everyone. <laughs> right. You know, mainstream well you know it takes yeah. a while because some people just don't have any reason to be using these technologies right absolutely so, so with yeah so with that today's topic we are talking about taurus mm -hmm. so um if you've been listening since the beginning of the year or i guess not the beginning of the year since march uh, right. we started a new series where we are you know teaching astrology through the signs mm -hmm. um in particular, the planet that rules that sign. So today we will be talking about Venus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you have your chart, we want you to locate Venus. What house does it sit in? What sign does it sit in? And we will be going through all 12 of the signs in regards to where does Venus sit. Um, if you don't have your chart, this is the first time you're listening and you're saying, how do I find out this information? There are tons of free websites online that you can type in your birth information to. Uh, but if that does seem a little bit overwhelming, we do have an option on uh, my website where you can purchase a clean chart. I provide a key as well that has all the glyphs um, and write out you know, where all your planets are, just so it's a little bit easier to see and follow along with this series. Great. And also, we'll later we'll be talking, also introducing kind of an idea about uh, secondary rulers. Of course, today we're going to be talking about Venus being the ruler of Taurus, but we're also going to introduce the concept that the Earth, the planet Earth, may be uh, uh, the ruler of Taurus. So that's kind of some interesting, you know, if you're, you're looking at charts, um, keep that in mind when you're looking at what house has Taurus on it, you might look to see where your sun, or excuse me, where the earth is in the chart. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and it's so appropriate to be talking about earth just because we are welcoming Earth Day uh, this week, April 22nd. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That got founded in 1970. And you know, who knows, I don't know who it was that chose that date, but again, as an astrologer, right, we're just amazed that they chose Taurus. Taurus is known to be an earth sign, number one, but it's associated with the idea of beauty. Uh, and, you know, the planet Earth is, I don't know, I'm going to say it's the most beautiful planet there is. We haven't found anything yet that suggests that, you know, that there's a planet there that's as hospitable as we are with water and air and oceans and land and things of this nature. Mm -hmm. So it's just very interesting that just the collective chose Taurus to celebrate Earth Day. Yeah, you've heard us talk about, you know, understanding astrology by understanding the holidays that sit during that 30 day window. Mm -hmm. And so this is just another example of, you know, because, you know, it wasn't an astrologer that picked no. Earth Day <laughs> as April 22nd. Um, and then, you know, to understand the knowledge that we know just how fitting it is that it falls into that season. Right, right. So before we um, jump into understanding Venus, let's just talk a little bit more about Taurus, right? They are known for acquiring things, mm -hmm. beautiful objects, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. real estate, right? collections. 
anything mm-hmm. that might make them feel rich. Oh, and that's the key word, isn't it? Yeah. Makes the individual feel rich. I don't know if you had the experience in feng shui. I certainly had where I walked into a home and they had all these hummels or they had all these um, saucers and plates, you know, hundreds of them on display in their home. They were proud. They felt rich having that thing, that one item in multitudes. Yeah. I still remember the lady with the teacups. One of my first uh, feng shui appointments was a lady who loved teacups, teacups and little sauce that sat underneath it from all over the world. And every, you couldn't turn without hitting a teacup in that house. And she was, they made her feel, and that's the word you just said, they made her feel rich. Yeah. Yeah. So this doesn't, I mean, we can go into the extreme of hoarders. Yes. You know, but we would say that, you know, most Taurus people, they have their thing that they need in order to validate them a little bit. So whether that's a, a you know, the fancy purses or shoes, whether that's a liquor collection, you know, something that they identify themselves in. Could be just one huge expensive piece of art, mm. right? Something, something has to anchor their space with what makes them feel and I don't want to say good about themselves. That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? But the idea that there's value, it va- it validates themselves, I guess, might be an interesting thing. Yeah. We know also a lot of Tauruses are into nature. They, they, they may be minimalist, they may say, but then they want to see lots of trees out their window. They want to see a body of water. Again, so they're not owning the trees. They're not owning the lake necessarily. But again, it's that idea of, having something of great value around them. Yeah. There is also a stability with Taurus. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a predictable nature, which can be very calming. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, the qualities of stability, loyalty, even devotion are some of those core components that we see in Taurus. Yeah. And the good news for Taurus is that uh, Jupiter is heading their way. This would happen once every 12 years. So about mid-May, it officially starts, but uh, it's warming up. We're one month out from that. So we know that we're going to start to see some opportunities. So Taurus, keep in mind the opportunities to go places, to learn things. Uh, You're going to be somewhat lucky. And again, I would think there could be some good news, particularly related to finances. Yeah. Do we want to go into the idea about, you know, Earth being the true ruler of Taurus? Yeah, well, you know, I just want to introduce the idea, particularly for those that are already looking at charts actively. So we know we would default to Venus. Venus is the natural ruler of Taurus. That's what you're going to read in 99% of books and literature out there. But there is more and more a sense of, well, Earth, remember how I described it, it's a beautiful planet. You know, we haven't seen pictures of Mars saying, oh, how wonderful. I'd like to live there. Right. Oh, yeah. Let me go to Jupiter. That looks, look at that beautiful sunset. You know, no, this planet is beautiful. And so this is where we get that Venus energy. So uh, uh, this is a planet where you can be prosperous. You can have security. Your land doesn't blow away, you know, in a windstorm. You know, you can grow crops, you, we have rain. So the idea is Earth is a planet, uh, it's under our feet. So yeah. oftentimes in astrology, we don't talk about Earth. 
only talking about what we're out there looking at. So I just want to, again, the idea would be with that little piece of information that we just shared. If you were looking at your chart, you might want to find out where the earth is in that chart that you're looking at. And of course, where it would be, would be totally exactly opposite of where your sun is at in the chart. So just one simple example, your sun's at one degree Gemini, then your earth is going to be at one degree Sagittarius. Yeah. And if they purchase a chart from us, I did notate um, where their earth is. Oh, Um, it's not going to be a symbol on the chart, but I put it in the key. Oh, so, but like mom's gave an example, it's exactly opposite. So, you know, if you're an Aquarius, it's going to be in Leo. If you're a Leo, it's going to be an Aquarius. And here's the tip where the earth is in your chart is where you are grounded Mm-hmm. that's just a really simple translation but it's something to start laying out that concept idea somewhere down the road we'll be talking uh, devoting a whole maybe program to that but right now we just want to introduce the concept there we're going to spend the time here today talking about venus as the widely recognized ruler of taurus yeah so let's jump in just since we have to get through all of, of the 12 yeah. signs um right. let's jump into aries before we go to a quick commercial break so if we start Venus in Aries, yes. um, Venus in Aries can provide some maybe alternative forms of beauty. Mm-hmm. You might see beauty in the rough. You're seeing potential, mm-hmm. right? Like someone, a rock, someone who picks up a rock and then takes it home and, you know, tumbles it. Yeah. And, oh, look at the beauty of look how great this looks. Yeah, they might be able to create beauty in spaces that you feel like, oh my gosh, that's a non-functioning space. How did you take that old thing that you found at Goodwill and turn it into something beautiful? They see that potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to give the example of people who can you know, shop in stores such as like Ross or right. Nordstrom's Rack where they don't have to see the final product. Mm-hmm. They can piece together different pieces of clothing and see that final outcome. That's another example of finding beauty in the rough. Like you you might, the shirt might look horrible by itself. Someone might say, I would have never picked that up. But now that I see the whole thing on you, the whole outfit, now I can see your vision. Yeah. It's also Venus and Aries oftentimes function well in a male dominated environment. I've had a number of what I would say dancers uh, or exotic dancers uh, have Venus and Aries. They go to work and everyone there is male pretty much, right. except for the dancer who's right. So again, it, this is ability to expose oneself to a, and again, a more Yang environment would be maybe a, a neutral way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so whether that's leadership, mm-hmm. uh, of course, could go into sports as well. Yes. Yes. Very um, much. You know, one thing that's not in our notes is I think we have to go to relationships when we talk about Venus. Right. And Venus and Aries might have a tendency to give their all in relationships or their friendships. Absolutely. So they can be very driven by emotions and often throw themselves into people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when it's kind of still unknown. Yeah. I, th- I Venus wants to refine. That's Venus, no matter where Venus is in your chart, Venus wants to refine 
and make something better. Yeah. So that idea of wanting to make someone else's life better or make the party better by what you're bringing to the party. You might bring a great game. You might bring a great dish, something that elevates the party. Yeah. If we get into some celebrities that have Venus and Aries, we would be looking at uh, Lady Gaga, Mm -hmm. Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. uh, Marilyn Monroe, and even George Clooney. Kind of a pretty man, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think Lady Gaga is such a great example. I mean, I'm I'm slow on the curve here. So when she first started, you know, appearing, I thought she was wow, kind of ugly, isn't she? You know what I mean? Before and all these oh get-ups and wild things. That's well, that's what I was thinking. Like, whoa, you know, she's not very attractive, but it's Venus and Aries. <laughs> here she was putting on these extreme looks, some more masculine. I mean, I agree. She has so many different looks that yeah. the way that I visual her now is very different than how I visual oh. how I thought she looked it wasn't until that movie like uh, your star something about the stars yeah right yeah um that I found finally felt like oh I know what she looks like because she was always so she had big hats on or clothes that you're more focused on what is she wearing than what her face the clothes were wearing her yeah yeah interesting yeah okay Okay. before we get into venus and taurus you're going to hear just a short commercial break okay welcome back today we are talking about venus in all 12 of the signs and we just covered venus in aries so now we are going to talk about venus in taurus right and it's considered in rulership venus in taurus is meaning it seems it's perfect it's a great placement and of course, so this really kind of double downs on this idea of the good life. And I might use the word quality of life here. It doesn't mean that Venus and Taurus, that they're extravagant, but it does mean that they put a lot of focus on quality, design, right? They may pay that extra $5 to have just a little something with a little more detail on it, or a little embellishment of some sort. They're very sensitive to feeling comfortable around things that are well-designed or, or the big thing, lots of comfort. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, these people need a robe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A big fluffy robe. (laughs) Yes. In every color. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They could have just even a beautiful aesthetic about them. Yes. Yeah. Whereas when we talked about Venus and Aries, we said it's a lot more untraditional. You know, right. Venus and Taurus could just be many, many people can appreciate their sense of aesthetic. Could be something classic, certainly. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing about Venus and Taurus, man, they are so focused on um, taste buds and how food feels in their mouth. You know, they're much more sensual. Yeah. They generally have, they generally are very probably discriminating about food, about what they'll eat, what they won't eat, mm-hmm. uh, or know where the best, that's where's the best pizza, where's the best this or that. You know what I mean? They, they may know, not that they can afford to go out all the time and do these things, but they know the best. So they really, again, have this exceptional sense of elevation. And usually out of this, they present themselves well, They're generally, uh, and I can say classic in some regard in how they um, uh, present themselves. Yeah. And they usually have a great sense of color. 
uh, seeing color. That Venus energy gets really redefined in Taurus. So the idea they can talk about cerulean blue versus, you know, blue green versus, you know, I mean, they know their shades of color. This does put just everything that we talked about as well about Taurus with just the focus on security. Mm -hmm. um, that would really apply to people with Venus and Taurus as well. And we spoke about Taurus being nature. So it puts a lot of focus on love of nature, the environment. You know, one of our examples uh, of Venus and Taurus is Princess Diana. And she was into landmines, right? She was into the idea of protecting children and families from, you know, stumbling across these landmines. Uh, so another great example of nature, it's not all cosmetic counter when we're talking Venus, yeah. right? It can be natural beauty. Yeah. We would also put um, Paul, Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. uh, Alanis Morissette, and Tommy Hilfiger are all Venus and Taurus examples. Yeah, great designers, great singers, great song words, expressing harmonies. And Ariane Grande also is in there. So, uh, and that Johnny Depp, oh my gosh, his charisma and addictions are a great example of Venus and Taurus probably gone I don't want to say gone wrong because his charisma is very appealing. Yeah. <laughs> but too much. That trial was a great example of it. Next, we're going to talk about Venus in Gemini. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these can be some social butterflies. Yeah. Uh, they exude fun. Uh, they might have a lot of humor. They might love to joke around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, laughing or laughter may be yeah. dominant in their conversations. Yeah, they could be so flirtatious that you, it may be hard to determine, like, do they particularly like me, you know, or, or then you watch them go to the next person and have a great time with that person. You go, oh, maybe maybe that's just the way they are, because they can just exude this sense of entertainment and happiness that sometimes you get, it's hard to determine, oh, are they into me? Or is it, that's just, they get into everybody. I guess like the the harder part of that because not everyone that has Venus and Gemini is going to be the life of the party, you know. Well, so that maybe the harsher side of that could be more so like the nervous laugh. Yes, yes, you know, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. I always say Venus and Gemini. You wouldn't mind being stuck in an elevator for you know if you were stuck for five ten minutes, they would make it enjoyable. Well, and, I think that's what I'm trying to get at is like they might make it enjoyable for other people. But it still could be something that they struggle with, but they might, because they have that Venus in Gemini, they might feel like I have to hold the conversation. I have to be saying something oh. so other people feel comfortable, even yeah. though it's not, yeah. I don't want to say it's not natural to them because it is, it's in their chart, but there might be some pressure too, where like, oh, that could even bring on some social anxiety because they feel that pressure to be that person. Well, are you watching this uh, pretty baby uh, on Hulu? Mm -mm. Oh, it's a series about Brooke Shields. Okay. And well, I saw uh, yeah. um, a commercial for it, but. Okay. Well, yeah. Brooke Shields has Venus in Gemini. Mm. And there's always the pressure upon her. You know, it's just, it's pretty riveting. I mean, there's some parts are kind of unbelievable, but whatever, this is the story. Uh, there's a lot of focus on her sexuality. Was she a virgin? Was she not a virgin? Did she have sex? Did she not have sex? A lot of all over the place. And this really was 
was a huge topic and, and mainstream interviewers on TV were first question, you know, was all about, you know, what's going on in the bedroom with her. Uh, so really, a lot, she had to deflect a lot on that. And she giggled, had nervous laughter all the time as she's in those situations. Um, and it was just pretty interesting to see how she had to use humor to deflect a lot of the inquiries that were coming at her. Anyhow, she has lots of Gemini in her chart as well. But I thought that was a, and if you're watching that pretty baby, you're going to see Venus in Gemini. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, um, right. That's horrible, but it's a good example as to like how, that's why, you know, we were painting it in such a good, good light. <laughs> like so yeah, fun. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. I um, agree. Well, that, and that's the that's highest probably- octave of it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, Gemini is always duality. There's always another side to it. Yeah. You know, it's like when you know someone who's cracking jokes all the time, you you know, you think, oh my God, that's such a fun person. And then you know that at some point they crash or they grow, you know, depressed or they, they have a darker side. That's kind of classic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one of the gals that, that come to mind is that Ellie, Ellie Kemper. She was on The Office and she was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You know, she just seems to be this almost fairy-like personality, always, you know, popping up and saying the cutest things and just very entertaining. Um, so very, uh, that's that fun side that everyone likes of Venus and Gemini. Yeah. Um, Tina, Tina Fey, right? Tina Fey. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like an obvious one. Yeah, right. And 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 tennis star Venus Williams. Uh it Gemini is the hand, the coordination of the body, right? So she's obviously very strong in that area playing tennis at a at that high level. Absolutely. Uh next we're gonna talk about Venus in Cancer. And this can be a pretty vulnerable placement. So of course they might mm-hmm. be extremely loyal or even, you know, patriotic. So whether they're very loyal to the group, the family, you know, that is number one to them, but they might be extremely Mm -hmm. sensitive. Oh yeah. Any, a misperceived slight, they'll read into it. Um, They too, kind of like Venus and Taurus, they love plush surroundings. They love the cocoon feeling. Mm -hmm. They probably love particularly linens and pillows and things that they can just cushion themselves within their home, but it's kind of a metaphor for how they like to live their lives. Um, they might align with some sort of wealth. Again, that's just to bring that idea of safety. Right. Right. We didn't uh, talk too much either about food with this, uh, you know, but Venus and cancer, they could just be extremely nurturing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always showing up with something to creating that idea of wealth. You know, so when we say aligns with wealth, it doesn't mean that these they all have to be millionaires. But again, like the idea of like, I, I always show up with something in my hand, right? I always have something to give out. That's a very, well, it's an indicator of like this idea of wealth. I have so much to give. Oh yeah, but they're building relationships in the process. You yeah. show up with cinnamon rolls, you know, once a month and you know, you, everyone wants to see you and they want to come up to you and t- talk about that recipe or talk about how great those cinnamon rolls are. Do you have any for us today? They build relationships and the relationships then provide the safety net, right? Mm-hmm. Who's not going to help the cinnamon bun lady, you know, when she's got a problem. Yeah. Right. 
Well, I mean, you know, it, that is the idea. They use food to build relationships and that gives them more security as well. Now, I think the funniest example of this is that Macaulay Culkin, who is, of course, this is decades ago when you were growing up, but Home Alone. A big family is a setup, you know, and we've mentioned this, I'm going to say it again. Looking at the celebrities, particularly those that are acting, because when they hit a role that lines up perfectly with their chart, mm -hmm. it's a blockbuster. Maybe not the whole movie, but their performance in it, everyone's talking about it. Well, when Collie Calkins in the big, beautiful house, very much Venus and Cancer, they love their home, uh, and then gets stranded, gets separated from the family. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden he's into staying safe and all the antics that he went through trying to protect himself from being found out or everything was all that idea of creating safety for himself. Yeah. Anyhow, it's, it's, it's a great example, uh, you know, of it. Uh, and, right, I also, and that's where he got, I mean, that's, he was in a lot of movies. But yes, I think if you were to say his name and then say, what's the first movie that came to your mind, you know, or if it was on that show where yeah. top five answers are on the board, you know, like Home Alone would probably be that, right. that number yeah. one answer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> cancer is so like emotional and sensitive is I do think yeah. they could be more prone to like addictions just because I think their emotions really get hit with things that they might not have the same recovery skills that some other people might have. And so, you know, I mean, we hate that it would go down the addiction route, but, you know, I think when we're using uh, him as an example, we have to touch on that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The other side that I was going to throw in is Venus and Cancer gives you that attachment to the group. And I was going to mention uh, Jack Blatt, Black, Jack Black. Um, again, no, I haven't seen him around that recently, but, you know, he was the frat pack. There was all those comedian actors and he kind of, they had a kind of like the rat pack. This was the frat pack because okay. of all those type of movies that he was in. Uh, so you kind of get into these cliques or these groups. And again, you have a great sense of support. You have people, you know, have your back. Next, let's talk about Venus in Leo. Um, so right. Venus and Leo, these people need to be seen uh, they need to be heard. They might really embrace the idea of a stage or a platform. So whether that's, okay, you can get up and speak easily, or maybe you say, no, I go live every day on my Instagram, that you're okay with face to camera where you're showing up, people are seeing you on a platform. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there's a real need to build some sort of legacy, a, a simpler way you want to build a reputation. You want to know that if they're, they need this type of service, they're going to think of you first. Uh, they're great teachers and they're generally considered lucky. Many times they marry well. Um, uh, again, they do need that spotlight, but then they do have these, right? The opposite. They need to be under, under, behind the scenes, you know, they might nap a lot. They might, uh, you know, sleep a little bit longer than the average person. Um, there's just that need to disappear. Right. Um, um, I don't know if you know this, that Selena Gomez, she has Venus and Leo. And when she got, where she got her start in acting was mm -hmm. in children's programming. 
Oh. We didn't even yeah. mention that Leo, Venus in Leo, Leo is children. Yeah. Right. And so she started out, you know, with doing some Barney and friends. She was in that series <laughs> for a couple of years. And then she went over and did this movie, Spy Kids, you know. Um, so again, very interesting. A lot of association with children, with performance. Venus and Leo is very much geared to performance art. I'm going to do it now. You know, you can see me now do it. You know, of course, now and today we can tape it and you can watch it for years after. But the idea is Venus is in the moment performing. Yeah. Venus and Leo, you know, puts a lot of focus too on like their partners. Um, mm -hmm. You know, their partner might be one of the more important things in their life or they might really thrive mm. on that romantic attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to throw one more thing as you know, the Montessori schools, you went to a Montessori school when you were just an infant. So I don't think you got the full benefit of it, but uh, Maria Montessori who founded that uh, method of childcare um, had a whole, you know, series of schools. I'm sure there are still some out there, the Montessori method. She had Venus and Leo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think Tyler, Tyler, our, my son, our son, your brother, has mm -hmm. Venus and Leo as well. He's a teacher. Does a lot of, you know, work on you know, social media, does a lot of performance, plays music, writes music. I think the idea of building a legacy, you know, like, because when you think of Tyler, you know, he's a teacher. Obviously, there's lots of teachers, but um, his, one of his biggest focus one of his bigger focuses is like creating his YouTube and like these videos that will kind of last on the internet, you know, for a very long amount of time where he's yeah. influencing people just beyond the children that he sees every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next, let's talk about Venus in Virgo. So Venus mm. in Virgo puts a heavy focus on language. So when we say language, that could be words, that could be lyrics, uh, detailed knowledge, maybe even ingredients. So, you know, we kid that these could be big label readers. Right. Uh, oh, or and they love to tell the story. They love yeah. the, the story and the story in great detail. Right. Yep. Very nuanced, detailed story of what happened. Be great, like court reporters. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> right yeah um they might be a little bit more picky or right. choosy um so you know some might say like oh they're hard to please but there's a little bit of a perfectionist in them yeah boy could we take a detour on that one because you know venus and virgo again i've shared this with you multiple times you've heard this but uh venus and virgo originally was a more of a liberated woman now, yeah. under the influence of the Catholic Church, now we're going back hundreds of years here, but they really influenced that image because it was anti-religious, so to speak. The idea that a woman that would have sex without the idea of getting married, that detachment that certain women could have, they didn't need the man. They didn't need to, you know, go through the legal ceremony. So the Catholic Church did a lot of uh, work during that time period to kind of change the image of Virgo into the Virgin. And it, when you said picky, they are known, Venus and Virgo, to be choosy about 
what man or what partner, now we need to say more appropriately, what partner is good enough for them. Mm -hmm. So we can see this, there's been an evolution here. It's coming back, it's swinging back as we go a little more secular in our thinking about the idea of um, uh, Venus in Virgo, particularly now for a woman, I'll say that side of it, of maybe not being so interested in being contained within uh, a, a relationship. They may be more open for something that doesn't have as many boundaries on it. Mm. So this is just interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Kim Kardashian has Venus in Virgo. Uh, Julia Roberts has Venus in Virgo. So Kim Kardashian came to fame because of a sex tape. Yeah. That was that was used in 2002. I don't think it came out till a couple of years later than that. That's with her coming out of the closet, her sexual activity being splashed out. Julia Roberts played a prostitute. She wasn't out looking for a husband. She was out to get the money to, you know, buy the things she wanted to buy in life. So we have two famous women. I mean, there's many more, but these are just two that I'm just pulling off because everyone knows these two women of how they played off the Venus and Virgo. Well, and how the, those two incidences kind of, if we talk about that idea, like we did with Home Alone, right. uh, you know, those are two incidents where their careers were launched forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And for any Venus and Virgos listening, it's Kardashian. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Gosh. Kardashian. Oh, Kardashian. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was cute. Since no, that's Venus cute. and Virgo is the perfector. Oh, yeah. I hear that. Watering the name. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Uh, there's other people, you know, uh, Bella Hadid, the model, Venus and Virgo. You know, she's like a picture perfect, you know, model, so to speak. Um, you know, Venus and Virgo, very, uh, Venus and Virgo is very choosy about what they eat, how they eat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, J.K. Rowling, the writer, the wordsmith, has Venus and Virgo. Interesting, has making a stance, interesting on sexuality. Right. <laughs> Controversy, because she has stepped in and, and put her opinion in about what constitutes what in the yeah. sexual world. Uh, and then we have Mick Jagger, another Venus and Virgo, and he's he's totally associated with sex. Yeah. Do you agree? Your generation, I don't know if you relate to Mick Jagger anymore, but. I don't per personally, but I mean, I've heard that before. Yes, exactly. So. If you were trying to impress like a Venus and Virgo person, yes. I would say like really, I would compliment them on like the little things that they do. <laughs> like oh, the details. Okay. Um, and it might be hard to miss because if you're not in that mindset, you might not be able to, you know, always catch them or see them. But I would think that that'd be a way for them to feel seen. That's a great, that's a, that's, yeah. that's a great plot observation. Next, let's talk about Venus in Libra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, we always talk about, okay, is Libra the balanced ones because they're ruled <laughs> by the scales, the scales, or are they some of, you know, the most imbalanced ones mm -hmm. because the scale really is never balanced, right? We put something on it and one of the cups goes flying up and the other one comes down. <laughs> right. right. So when we see Venus, then the planet of love and beauty in Libra, you know, we would just maybe just say that they can be very imbalanced in love, maybe because they're always seeking it. 
you know, or many may throw their life into chaos for love. For the sake of love, the willingness to throw their life into chaos. I think that says it right there, but yeah. But we also know that they, they love design, they love art, they may be great appreciators of just a single rose. Yeah. Right? They see the beauty in nature, they see design. Um, they can be very concerned about fairness, of course, so they might be very gentle lovers, you know, they might not want to have to take a stand, they might just say, I'll take the middle of the road just so they don't offend anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or to hold on to a relationship. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's Look true. at our examples we have for Venus and Libra. I mean, King Charles, the man who had a decades long affair with Camilla Parker Bowles. Mm anything for love, the risk he would take. I mean, you know, he's a pretty visible guy to be having an affair right. for decades, right? Yeah. But his son, Prince Harry, has Venus and Libra. I yeah, mean, left his family over love. He left his family over love. Yeah. Uh, Grace Kelly, again, maybe you don't know the story, but she was kind of held in hostage in her marriage because otherwise she she knew she would lose her children. That was the threat. You try to leave Princess okay. of Monaco and you'll lose your children. So she was held bondage in the marriage. Mm. And the, uh, Will Smith. Talk about that one. <laughs> Will Smith. I don't know nothing more to say. say what yeah. he did for love in, in the name of love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, we also could throw Bill they go away. This drama. Yeah. Bill Clinton as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah very much so and i so, think that's the interesting thing is i mean obviously many people have affairs you mm -hmm. know i mean I, I say it so casually like yeah people do that but right. you know the fact that like these people's names like okay bill clinton or will smith like the first things you think of with yeah. them is associated with the behavior of venus and libra so again more. some other people might do these things, but it's not going to like be their story. It's not going to be the thing that sticks. You know it what? sticks That's with them. Point. That's a great point. It sticks with them. What yeah. they'll do for love in the name of love. Yeah. I mean, that's Prince Harry. What a, you know, what a price he has paid. Right. And Will Smith, what a price he has paid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. of course, Bill, they are all the same things, but it just, it's fascinating. So Venus and Libra, but get this, would you like to meet King Charles? Yeah, I would. Uh, Prince Harry? Yeah, I'd like to meet Prince Harry. You know what I mean? These are all highly likable people. True. None of them are demonized as, oh, they're a terrible, you know, low life person. And that's the key thing to remember, even though we, we kind of sounds harsh on Venus and Libra. But everyone likes them. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think they've done things that they probably shouldn't be liked. Just to kind of like put an asterisk in there, yeah. you know, but I agree that they, ha they haven't been vilified. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next let's talk about Venus in Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, uh, these people might attract other people with uh, their intensity and even their willingness to commit yeah very passionate yeah very passionate people and you know the kind of power seekers 
Mm -hmm. power seekers. They might do really well in the area of uh, any of the financial areas where you can make your money, banking, uh, investments, insurance, because they go where this blended money, where we're selling something on an insurance policy, we're getting someone to invest in uh, Google, right? So very, the power brokers is a simple way to say it. They can be the, the go-between person between you know, companies, deals being put together. Um, they're very corporate, very corporate in nature. They understand, not that they hold so much power themselves, but they're around power. And that's everything from knowing that you don't want to make that person unhappy. So you better get it done. You better hold your nose, go do something just to keep the peace. Because you are very much aware of the power, the influence of, of your actions or of your lack of action. And very unlike Venus and Libra that we just talked about, Venus and Scorpio might attract conflict. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, when we say that again, we're not saying that you're out on the streets looking for a fight. I mean, I'm sure there are some right. people right. that have this right. that, that do that, but meaning that you might say, I'm willing to take that position, even if that means I'm going to be in some, you know, heated situations or I'm going to have to make some very powerful decisions. They're not, that's not going to scare them, them off. No, it's kind of like you say, one hand washes the other. Th that, that idea that I said about holding your nose and doing something, maybe it's a very dated reference, but it's the idea of, you know, something stinks, but it's going down. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, but, it, but I'll tell you, out of it, I'm going to get this or they're going to get that. And okay, one hand washes the other and I'm not going to think about it again. So they have a great, great capacity to compartmentalize. Yeah. Uh, very great holding do. secrets as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no, it's, uh, I mean, this is terrible to say, but, you know, uh, a couple of the people, Venus and Scorpio, Ted Bundy, a serial killer, Charlie mm -hmm. Manson, you know, a cult leader. Now, the next one's going to throw you. Gandhi mm -hmm. and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Bill Gates and Vladimir Putin. Hmm. How about that for a dinner party? <laughs> right? Venus and Scorpio. You could walk into that party and kind of act like you're the nicest pussycat, easygoing person, and yet there's power going on under the table. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of scary when you see what we, what we perceive as some good, good people sharing something with some of the scum of the earth. Yeah. Well, and I mean, some of the storylines that have come out about those people, some people, I think there could be some controversy about what categories people fall into. Oh, yes. Or they can yeah. fall off the pedestal. Yeah. They can be seen as, uh, 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 let's just say Bill Gates. Uh, then he announced a divorce and then it came out that he had an affair. You know, all of a sudden, Bill Gates kind of fell off a certain, in, in some people's mind, fell off the pedestal. Yeah. But it's also interesting, like people like Bill Gates and Hillary Clinton, for example, mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of stories that go on about them that say they're responsible oh. for some horrible, horrible things. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. like their names get pulled into it, even though, yeah, when you look at them, right, they do have like a kind of a soft look, I guess you could say, like, right. mm -hmm. just look very normal. Mm -hmm. um, but then. Go ahead. Now, yeah, the whole sex thing, uh, children, right? 
uh, yeah, the trafficking of trafficking of children. Hillary Clinton's got it got attached. That's her Venus and Scorpio. That's such a dirty, terrible story. Got attached to her. Now, what was the truth? Was is there any truth? But it's just when you have something in your chart, those type of weird storylines attached to you. Yeah, but it, could, cause it, could it also be like, you know, the whole thing about Venus and Scorpio is they have an ability to keep secrets. So it's like, then do people true. make that assumption? Yes, they oh, do. You have the ability to keep secrets. That's why you could do this and still put up this front and, okay. you know, be the first lady. Like, okay. it's just so odd how that chart like lives out. It is very weird. I think we better go on to Venus and Sagittarius. Yeah. <laughs> upsetting for me to think about <laughs> absolutely <laughs> okay so when we get into venus and sagittarius um there is a love for travel and education and they might seem very lucky with like how things work out in their life like how they gain assistance how they gain help from other people um, but there's a big need to expand their horizons within this lifetime yeah you know, I speak, I have Venus in Sagittarius and I can still see it. I mean, I got without even, I'll just say I fell, I fell into scholarships for college. I fell into them. I, you know, I had no idea when I got mail one day and got, there was two letters here. We'll pay for this. Hey, we'll pay for that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it, you just fall into it. it. There's just a sense of luck. Um, and you have a great uh, advantage of running into people that seem to be either really smart or kind of elite in some areas. Um, went off to college at some point. My when I transferred, I had a lady that I'm sure now in hindsight she was probably from a you know a very 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 elite family. But I at that point I wasn't worldly enough to even grasp that. And she was a good friend of mine. And I can think of the other gal, you know, I went to see her at her home and she had an indoor swimming pool. This was in Iowa. In mm -hmm. Iowa, an indoor swimming pool that was just unheard of. So I just naturally gravitated to these people that had stuff. Not that and it, it very interesting. Venus and Sagittarius is not jealous. It's just it's like an eye popping experience. You see early on how other people are living. Right. And that can translate somehow into, oh, there's another world out there. Let's go check it out. Yeah. What's out think, there that I don't know? Yeah. Well, and I think at some point that has to change then. So at some point people are showing you their ways. But I think also with Venus and Sagittarius, you might really appreciate people when they see your beliefs or they see your vision that, yeah. you know, you could be the one that's painting that picture and then other people are following it. So like whether how you've done that through astrology. Right. The feng shui. Know. Absolutely. Boy, you're right. Yeah. That's very much. So yeah, my, my philosophies are very important. I, again, story, repeating story, but when everything collapsed in 2008 and I was on a phone call with like seven other women and they were all talking about what they were going to do differently. They were going to leave this business now because it was, you know, it was all flat and they were going to go into something else. And they all went on the circle and came to me and go, what are you going to do, Mary? I'm like, no, I'm going to continue to do it. I said, whether this is what I believe in astrology yeah. and feng shui, I'm going to continue to do it. It's just yeah. going to be a, a, you know, that's, it's just a fact. And that was the moment everyone else was ready to jump ship with what they were in his mind was like a core belief. No, I'm just going to weather through this difficult time period. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people had 
um, maybe a similar experience in 2020 with COVID about like, how am I going to live my life different? It's possible people with Venus and Sagittarius might have said, I don't have much that I want to change because I have been living in alignment with my belief system or Mm -hmm. with my vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Anyhow, these Venus and Sag, they make great teachers. They make great coaches. Anyone that's trying to work with someone to get them to see something more, see something more or learn something more. Uh, Samuel Jackson has this energy. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, back to the future scientist, again, ahead of his time, his vision, even though it was a very playful role, but that's Venus and Sagittarius playing out and he became known for it, right? next we're going to talk about venus in capricorn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so this does put a lot of focus on their status maybe even bringing uh, longevity to what they do bringing design to their career Um, but i would think they're there they have standards (laughs) i was thinking they they have standards yeah, yeah i was thinking of my niece where she says how she won't shop at Walmart. She only shops at Target and she'll tell you because she has standards. And she was saying this at three or four years old. We couldn't believe it when she said it, but it reminds me of that, like Venus and Capricorn, like I have standards. Yeah. We now joke with her on it, but she came up with that. It was an original thought on her. I have standards. How funny. (laughs) But anyhow, well, okay. And just to get this idea of someone who brings beauty into a career. So the tech Steve Jobs, he brought beauty and design into tech. Mm-hmm. And tech, for the most part, you know, when you look at your modem sitting on your desk or whatever, there's nothing pretty about it, right. right? He put design into it. So he brought beauty into your everyday life, but into an industry that had no beauty in it. Yeah. Efficiency, yes. Cool things you could do, yes, but it wasn't pretty. Even when we talk about like, uh, them in regards to like lovers, you know, they mm-hmm. might really want to project uh, competency. Yeah. You know, um, and even if they have kind of that uh, like loner, like, you know, not attitude, but facade, um, mm-hmm. I think they want to like project it more in like a cool way. So I know you said like bring beauty into it, but even like, you know, Steve Jobs, where you might think like kind of nerdy, you know, but then it's like, oh my gosh, she was so successful that that probably was very attractive to some people. Oh, or just his black turtleneck, you know. Oh God. Right? <laughs> well, you know, not every guy can carry that off. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Right? Venus. That's true. We, we brought some, you know, style to him. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was. Um, They might look, they might age backwards, Venus and Capricorn. So they might look younger as they age. Of course, the idea is they want to rise to the top of their communities and make progress look pretty easy and even graceful. Right. And it oftentimes represents somebody who's going to stick in their career path. They're going to continue, they'll start at the bottom, so to speak, think of the old janitor story and then work their way up to the top. They won't leave the industry. They they have a, a, a passion for what they're doing and a steadfastness. They'll, they'll continue to do it. So of, most obviously, we see a lot of longtime actors, actors that have spanned decades. So whether we're talking uh, Maggie Smith, 
uh, Owen Wilson or Danny DeVito, all long time actors. These actors will have work as Maggie Smith has had here in her 80s. She's still working. Wow. Okay. Uh, next, let's talk about Venus in Aquarius. So right. Aquar- Aquarius does embrace the alternative ideas. Uh, they love to be eccentric and even free thinkers. So when we see, you know, Venus in Aquarius, you know, they might try to impress other people with their opened minds, maybe even mm. their future thinking spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say in love matters, they fall in love with intelligence. They fall in love with the brain. They meet someone, they fall in love with how they think. Of course, maybe they don't, you know, maybe they, they oh, I don't, I couldn't stand being with that person. I can't, I don't buy into that. But if they find someone's thoughts that they believe in, they'll fall in love with that person. And the, I think the physicality is, is kind of very secondary. Yep. Uh, they might attract very unusual or untraditional relationships as well. So, you know, if you see a couple that you're like, how do they work? Like that seems very unlikely. It's very possible that one of them, if not both of them have Venus and Aquarius. Yeah. And that Venus and Aquarius can give some, somewhat of a, a, a social faux pas, something where it makes everyone jump. Who she, who's that person in relationship with? What is the nature of that relationship? So the first time someone had a long distance relationship, mm. right, where they didn't live together, they got married and they lived apart for many years. That's Venus and Aquarius. Yeah. Venus and Aquarius also might like love double dates or group activities. Yes. Uh, just because Aquarius is kind of the, the, the people, the masses. Mm-hmm. So they might feel more comfortable in those group settings. And the key thing here, Venus and Aquarius oftentimes is very interested in other people's children. Maybe even, you know, they may may have their own children, but many times maybe not. Venus and Aquarius may be very content to have a a stepdaughter, stepson, uh, to be, you know, uh, to be into their niece, their nephew. Again, it's just a little broader sense of community there than just the nuclear family. Do you want to talk about any of the celebrities that we have listed? Well, I just thought Venus and Aquarius, I'd like to talk about Kate Moss. She was a very famous model, but she was, her reign was when that, that heroin fashion look was going on, where all the models looked like they were, you know, totally, you know, just Strong woke up. up. Yeah, exactly. So that that's interesting. That was Kate Moss. We're talking beauty here. Venus and Aquarius, alternative beauty. Interesting. What you look like the morning after, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was fascinating, I thought. Uh, and then uh, I just want to throw in Gary Sinise. He was in um, Forrest Gump. Uh, he was the legless war veteran, so to speak. Again, the idea of, you know, the tr- Venus in Aquarius, could he be loved? I mean, he was going through a lot of issues and problems here with unconditional and having, making a friend, you know, Forrest making a friend with him. He had no legs or couldn't walk or, uh, you know, all these issues. Uh, again, it just embodies that alternative side of love. Got it. Yeah, great examples. Yeah. Uh, the last one that we're going to talk about is Venus in Pisces. Right. Now, Venus in Pisces, of course, they could also be another one that loves at distance. 
And again, that could be quite literally, they attract partners uh, in a different state. They could say, oh no, my partner has a different religious background than I do. Uh, they grew up speaking a different language. So there could be just, you know, kind of cultural boundaries uh, that are there. Or these could be people that say, you know, I, I love my parents, but I had to move away, right? I had to create some sort of boundary there that I couldn't, you know, I have to love from afar. Right. Venus and Pisces is ideal love, perfect love. Is it practical? Oftentimes not, but you, you still kind of make it work some level. Uh, Venus and Pisces loves music. Uh, generally, they love vibrations. They love alternative healings. They feel things before anyone else feels them. Um, they generally crave water or swimming or the oceans or, you know, save a whale type of uh, nonprofits. Uh, they're very, um, how do they evolve? You know, I just think of someone who goes into the changing room and comes out totally different, then goes back in and comes out again is very different. They're so malleable, a chameleon-like. Yeah. So you, during stage, different stages of their career, they, they can be almost unrecognizable. I'd be curious too, like just because when we're talking about Venus, you know, because it's the planet of love when yeah. it's in Pisces, you know, I would think that there could be like a lot of secrets around oh. love oh, absolutely. Uh, or they might be more prone to affairs or kind of right. mysteries around love. Who are they in a relationship with? Right, right. Yeah. You know, and it's very heavily associated with religion as well. Uh, Candace Cameron Bure, very much into her religion, uh, sells clothing, has acted, things of that nature, but she really stands by her religion. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we have Kurt Cobain, who was very much into drugs, escapists, a, a different type of belief system. He was very forthright about his lifestyle. Yeah. And then we have Justin Bieber, who kind of uh, kind of ad adapted or adopted more of a black culture, uh, and he got, took criticism for it. Uh, they, that certain people thought he was acting too black or into the, you know taking something away from the black culture by kind of lifting it or robbing it. Again, it just means Venus and Pisces had the ability to blend into another culture. They're they're great people to move abroad or to have an interracial marriage of some sort. Well, they immerse themselves. They immerse themselves. Right. So again, they're not just going to, you know, do some drugs on the weekend. Right. They're exactly. going to do some drugs maybe every day. Um, or, you know, I'm not yeah. quite yeah, sure. Yeah, the religion. And they're not just going to go to church on Sunday. They're going to talk religion when they're selling your pair of jeans. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So they're multiple. Yeah. The other thing that I think is interesting um, about Justin Bieber, and again, not that I follow him very closely, but I just know that he's kind of in the spotlight about like the controversy between who he's currently married to and the past relationship and how his current wife, I think, wants to be like his ex. And it just seems like, you know, there's a lot of photos that I see where people are trying to make speculations that he's not in love with his wife or and again, I'm, we don't know this, it's just the media, of course, it's what we're just being pushed out, but that Venus and Pisces really kind of sticks with Justin in that regards of like, people are trying to discredit his love or trying to say that there's other things behind it. And that would all be very Pisces, you know, Pisces, mm -hmm. it's hard to get the clear picture. We talk about Pisces or when I talk to about Pisces, like with clients, I talk about it being like a, a dream state. Now, of course, on the highest octave, that can be, everything's perfect. It's euphoric. But also 
think about when we wake up from a dream, you know, it might sound like it was you and you were there, but it wasn't this house. <laughs> like we're trying to piece it together. It doesn't make sense. Right. Right. That can create right. the confusion. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did it, Kate. We, did. we got through all 12. Okay. I'm sorry. It always makes for a long uh, podcast. So we hope uh, listeners have hung with us here to the end. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that concludes our talk today on Taurus. Um, a very happy birthday to all of our Taurus guests are, that are listening. Of course, if you are interested in getting a copy of your chart, you can still go to the website to purchase that. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. And happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.